Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. We are powered by Gordon Food Service. We're going to be joined shortly with Caroline Galzen, our amazing co-host. Today's guest is David Berner, and he is a commercial sales manager at Gordon Food Service. And I'm just super excited to talk to him. I'm going to talk to him more of just a second, tell you about this episode. We have a few announcements to make. A couple things happening in the city that I want to talk about that are really cool. If you have an announcement, if you've got something cool, an event, charity event, something like that that you're working on, tag us in the post that you're posting or use the hashtag the roundup. Hashtag the roundup and we will get to it. We will talk about it. I would love to talk about, uh, promote some things that you guys are doing out there. And I will tell you that the ACF, Middle Tennessee chapter, is back. And uh, that's the American Culinary Federation on September 25th at Nashville State Community College at 5 p.m. They will be hosting a meeting. And at this meeting, Edgar Pendley will be speaking and talking about what he does and uh, there's a raffle. It's just it's a good way for everybody to connect. Um, Tom Neville is running this thing now, and he's doing a great job. Also on September 25th is the Giving Kitchens Golf Tournament. If you haven't, uh, I think it's sold out, but if you're going, then uh, I'll see you there. I'm excited to be there. Another thing that's happening on October the 1st is the Cletus Burger Bash. So if you are a hamburger lover, th- this is where it's at. Okay. Here's here's the deal. It's gonna it's gonna be on October the first from five to ten p.m. It's at Cletus Burger on Elm Hill Pike, and it is gonna be Cletus Burger, Bad Luck Burger Club, Dream Burger, and Cabin Cabin Attic Burger. They're gonna be uh, cooking up burgers and um, see how many times I can say burger in a sixty second span. A hundred percent of the proceeds will provide meals for the hungry and unhoused. It is very close to Shane Nasby's heart, and uh, I definitely think you should get out there. I'm going to try and make it October the 1st. I'd love to see you there. Do want to say uh, Chago's Cantina, Chago's Belmont Cantina, our new iteration, uh, which is one of my restaurants, is going to, it is open. We are officially open, and uh, we're on Belmont Boulevard every single day of the week from 11 o'clock until eight o'clock and then on the weekends until nine those times are fluid we're going to see what the business does we may open late night on the weekends for college kids to come in but very excited we've done our friends and family the other day and i cannot tell you the stress that is off my shoulders because now uh now we're going now this, this getting everything going was was just a lot and now we are open rocking and rolling come see me over at chago's cantina on belmont uh, again, if you want to be part of this, just tag us in uh, any of your posts about this or use the hashtag the roundup. We'd love to know more about it. So in this episode with David Berner, we're going to discuss the current state of the industry here in Nashville. And I love his perspective because he is one of those people who's out there. He's in the market. He know, he, you know, one of the things he says is he's seeing more checks bounce. And I think that's a perspective. When you have somebody who's in just tons and tons of restaurants, you get a really good perspective of what's going on. Uh, we also discussed spreadsheeting. 
Are you familiar with this term, spreadsheeting, where you use multiple vendors and you buy the cheapest product? We discuss why this practice just doesn't work. And I, it's really me that explains why this practice doesn't work. I explain the math behind it. Uh, this part of the episode will save you money. This part of the episode will make your restaurant better if you're listening. Would love uh, your feedback on this one. I may do a whole episode, uh, teach everybody how to do this because there's a lot of verb, verbiage and, and wording that makes sense in this that I can help you get better with your vendor relationships. And you know, while we're talking about vendor relationships, you've got to work with your vendors. I mean, th- what we talk about on this episode is why it is important to have the relationship with your vendor and what the benefits are. And this is what I'm talking about with our sponsors on the show. It's not just your broadliner. uh, It's your insurance company. You know, we recommend Robbins Insurance Company and Matt Clements, Sharpie's Bakery with Aaron Moso, Course and Fire with Kevin Rose. Uh, What Chefs Want has such amazing people working over there. They want to help you out. And obviously, Gordon Food Service, David Berner and Paul Hunter. And I'm going to put every one of our sponsors contact information in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, go look in the show notes where they are and you can see the phone numbers and how to contact them. I highly recommend you do because these are people that I vetted that I know that I trust that I would love um, to help them build their business. Cause these are the good guys, the good guys that want to build partnerships with you. We talk about it more later on the episode, just what those relationships will look like and why they are important. So lots of fun things happening today with David Berner and uh, we have our fantasy football league and it is going, we're doing a show every week. Uh, it is Sunday, the football, I'm recording this on a Sunday. So the, the football is, is live right now. Titans won today. We're very excited about that. And uh, so that makes it a good week. Hopefully next week will be better. I am losing right now to Naima, uh, but it's an interesting week in the fantasy football world as uh, lots of things are happening. And uh Love for you to follow along. Follow us at Nashville underscore restaurant underscore radio on Instagram where I'm posting the matchups. I'll post the league scores at the end of the week. That'll be Tuesday morning. You can follow us and you'll see who's winning in our league. And then we'll post the matchups Friday morning when we come out with a brand new episode where we're talking about our matchups. Chef Tony Galzen is the co host there, and he is giving his chef special, which is a three team parlay every week. We're making picks, we have a pick 'em. It is lots and lots of fun. So that's what we've got going on out there. And uh, let's jump in right now with David Berner from GFS. Super excited today to welcome in David Berner. David is a, you just told me your title. I want to call you a district sales manager. But commercial, you, commercial sales manager. Commercial sales manager for Gordon Food Service, our fine title sponsor, and we are here live today to talk to him. Hi, Caroline. Hi, how's it going, guys? Good, good. We're good, we're good. It's an exciting, beautiful day today. It is a beautiful day today. So, kind of we started this. I, I, I like to be transparent here because this is a show, and what Caroline, we were kind of talking, we're like, so is this going to be, we're having David Berner from GFS, and GFS is our title sponsor is this going to be like an infomercial? Is this like, hey, let's talk about how amazing GFS is for an hour? And the answer to that is no. I don't want this to be just like, how amazing is GFS? I'm going to ask you normal questions that yeah. are, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to know because I think you're an expert. You're an expert in this field. You're an expert with all the restaurants in Nashville and you're, you're looking at 
multiple restaurants at one time. And I think that's a really unique perspective. And I want to learn more about that. Sure. Is that cool? Yeah. Tell us about yourself. You have three kids. You, we're talking about this because yeah. you are your headphones. You have one headphone that is off of your ear. And I go, what's the story with one headphone off the ear? You tell yeah, us the story. Yeah, so it stems from I've got a brother-in-law and father-in-law that we all like to jump on at late at night and, and play Fortnite. And so with three children running around 12, 8, and 6, things are 12, bound, to, and six. bound to happen. So, uh, girl, yeah. Girl, girl, boy. So, um yeah, the one the if I get too much noise canceling, then then bad things happen, and then I, I end up in trouble for not catching it. So it's it's a quick, easy way for me to catch something in the background that I need to nip in the bud, but continue to, you know, blow off some steam and you know play some video games. Are you from Nashville originally? No, so we moved up here. My wife and I moved up here um, about ten years now in Nash. So I moved up with PF Changs. Oh, nice. So yeah, I worked my I've been in restaurants in some way, shape, or form for like the last twenty years. Nice. So I started with Chang's down in uh, down in Naples as a server and worked my way up to. That's where you grew up. Yep, worked my way up to general manager. They moved me up here, and I ran the one on West End for call about two years, nice. and then I went to Del Frisco's and I opened the Del Frisco's in Brentwood as the opening GM there. Um, ran around that steakhouse, and then one day, a guy from GFS came in and said, "Hey, man, I heard you might want to talk." And five years later, here I am. And the rest is history. But, yep, so far, so yeah, nice. So. A little bit of corporate restaurant background and definitely, you know, seeing. Then with GFS, I was business solution specialist. So I really got to see, you know, what, what restaurants are doing and kind of help consult and do those types of things with, you know, with the restaurants. And then now back on the sales side. Nice. So, yeah. Well, I'm a gigantic restaurant nerd. Like I love just talking about restaurant concepts, philosophies. And you and I got to go to Asheville. Yeah, it was about two years ago. About two years ago, I yeah. think it was. And Chef Rob and all these people, and we, we went to Asheville, and we ate at, like, nine different restaurants and ordered, like, one of everything on the menu. And you want to talk about just, like, the, the nerdiest, funnest time in the world for somebody like me was yeah. just going there and, and just talking about food and operations with people for, like, two straight days. Yeah. It was fantastic. I, I, but it, was, I just, it was funny about that, too, is, like, we don't let any of those restaurants know what we're doing. We just walk in. So I think the first restaurant we walked into, we were the first table in the restaurant and you could just hear the printer just going and going <laughs> and going. And you literally saw the chef like turn his head and look out and be like, what is going on? Because I think we ordered every single item on the entire menu. That's awesome. So they were just, you know, it's, it's a good time. Absolutely. So let's jump right in. Sure. What are you seeing out there? What are you seeing in the world? What is the big trends? Is there anything that's like bubbling up right now that that you're seeing that we should be concerned with or should be on our radar? Well, you know, trend wise, food wise, I, I actually texted Chef Rob the other day and I said, true or false? Are you seeing like pickle everything right now? Because I feel like I'm seeing like pickle everything. And he was like, so true. So like whether it's pickle dips, pickle ranch, pickle, like we're just starting to see just pickles besides being you know the good old tennessee fried pickle <laughs> we're starting to see pickles all over the place and whether it's a different you know somebody's pickling their own you know in-house or something like that but just kind of getting playful with it and seeing the different uh, from a trend standpoint i was like man i just i feel like i see pickle everything right now ever you think that's a right now is a trend pickled he stuff? agreed with me you know and i think too the other thing i see like i mean i'm sure you guys are the same i follow a ton of people on like instagram and just you know you see the different reels and it starts to you know instagram's always listening and 
<laughs> starts to see what you're what you're paying attention to and i was like man i just i see pickled dips I see yeah pickles just showed up in my feet <laughs> that's crazy so you know that sort of thing um one thing i in I, you know i think you know we kind of talked about it earlier a little bit slower of a summer and yeah I, and one thing that i am seeing that kind of concerns me and not to you know point it but i see a lot of you know just a lot of you know seeing some checks bounce a lot them way more than what I used to. We might see one or two in a month, and now I'm seeing three or four or five in a week. You know, wow, like that. So I think you know, from the operators that are really buttoned up, I don't see that kind of stuff. But I see some of the other stuff that are, you know, it's the, the people are kind of struggling a little bit. And I think you, everybody is. You know, the wallets are tighter and things like that. And I think it's starting finally starting. We were kind of in a bubble you know, being Nashville and exploding and doing all the things that we were doing. And I think we're finally starting to see a little bit of that run through. You know, we had, um, shoot, Brandon, what's the gentleman from a Marshall hospitality that we had on the show a few months back? Like Anthony Marshall? No, No. we had, um, you know, I just saw him in a soccer game the other day too. Great. I'm so sorry that I'm, I haven't had, it's early in the morning, guys. (laughs) This is much earlier than we normally record. I haven't had all of my, it is earlier than we normally Um, record. Um, but with puckets and deacons, Lyle, Lyle, yes, Lyle. Lyle. Um, he is just, I mean, so, so sharp and, and there's such great operators there. And I remember when he was on the show, he made a prediction and said, unfortunately, what I think is going to happen over this year because I feel like it was closer to the start of the year that he was on the show uh he said I think what's going to happen is you're going to see these restaurants that January 15th yeah right at the beginning of the year uh restaurants that were relying on the PPP money and the ERC credits and all of that are starting to going to start to run out of money and then find that we're kind of back at square one and Actually, we we recorded an episode last week with Nick Guidry, and uh, one of the things we were talking about then was, um, you know, kind of that same pandemic thing of of people, you know, when the pandemic started, we kind of found out that all of these restaurants that are seemingly doing so well only had like 14 to 30 days worth of operating capital. And I think that's how most restaurants genuinely and truly run. So if you combine that with a very slow summer, a lot of people are back to square one. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think this is? So you said combine that with a very slow summer, but the combine that, why do you think restaurants only have 14 and 30 days working capital right now? Yeah, gosh, I mean. I don't think it's right now. I think that most independent restaurants, whether they will say so or not, are in that position. If you had to close your doors today, would you have enough money to pay all of your bills for the next 30 days? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, you know, you're starting to see the inflation ease, but I also think you're you're starting to see some people tighten their wallets just not going out as much, right? So I think there's a pending recession that's about to go down. People are saying October, January. I think people are I think people are afraid. Yeah, I, I think there's a little bit of that, too. And I think, you know, Nashville's been such a destination, too. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people that, you know, have rental properties down in 30A, and they're like, man, we were gangbusters the last two years. And I was like, how's it going this year? And they're like, yeah, it's, well, I haven't re- lowered my rates yet, but I'm not sold out by any means. So I just think you're seeing some people kind of stay home and not travel quite as much. And, you know, we saw I saw an in- interesting, you know, 
thing on the news the other day. They said, you know, the last two summers and going into fall, we haven't seen any airline like specials. You know, Southwest runs them all the time, whatever. They said, get ready because we're going to see them again because even the airlines are starting to tighten up. So at Nikki's, we are such a neighborhood restaurant that we mm. are a place that when everybody goes out of town, like spring break, fall break, summertime, those are our slowest months yeah. of the year. Yep. Typically May through August is like worse than January in some of those months. We have had the busiest summer that we've ever had in the history of the restaurant. It has it hasn't been like October, December busy, but it has been knock on wood, very busy and very consistent. So that actually would kind of make sense if you're saying people are staying home more because that means that, you know, if we've been so busy, we rely on neighborhood and locals, not tourists. We had Rob Floyd, celebrity mixologist in here. And he was on Bar Rescue for years and years and years. And I asked him, I said, what's the thing? If you walked into a, re you've walked into all these bars What's the easiest thing people could do right now to fix their, their, their restaurant, their bar? And he said, personal accountability. He goes, looking in the mirror and fixing your problems yep. and not blaming other people. And I feel like we're sitting here blaming a bunch of external factors. Do you think that bad management, people not knowing what they're doing or maybe not reading the market right, do you think that there's a level of that that's causing some of this stuff? You know, I think yes and no. You know, you're going to have good managers. You're going to have bad managers. I think that the owners, you know, being in that restaurant and, and being in there daily is, is huge. You know, I think that, you know, and I think accountability, whether, you know, you have it for yourself or whether you have it for your team is also, is also really big. But I also think one of the biggest things that people could do is just, just walk into the restaurant and sit down at a table and look around. There's so many times where you can just step back because it's so easy. And I remember doing it as a GM. You get in and you got to get your checklist done. You got to get this done. You got to get that done. And the, day, and the day just goes. But if you would just sit down at a table and see it from the guest point of view and be like, oh, well, that doesn't look good over there. And like, that's not appeasing to the eye. And that's not this. And that's like, and then changing those things and removing yourself from that owner manager point of view and putting yourself in the guest point of view, I think is something that gets missed a lot because they don't, you know, when was the last time, you know, you sat down and you looked at something in your restaurant, right? It's easy to like, just go, 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 go. But to pull back and do it from the guest point of view, I think is something that gets missed quite a bit. I told the whole team I had this like speech the other day and maybe I said this on the show at some point, I don't know if I did or didn't, but I said, Operating a restaurant is kind of like being a magician. Kind of like when you're when you're doing your thing, you're like a magician. The people that come in and dine are kind of the 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 people in the crowd. They don't know what's going on, but when you're in the restaurant, you know the woman's not getting sawed in half. You know kind of the nuts and bolts around the whole thing. You know that this is not real magic because you're do you're you're the magician. But when you go dine in your own restaurant and sit down and experience the magic show, you go, wow, that's really cool. But you can also have that perspective of, hey, look, I can see her legs. Like the, that, the, that's the flies on the windowsill, the dirty linens or the dirty this. And it's like, hey, well, we got to fix. And you can see that stuff if you go dine in your own restaurant as a guest. And you kind of give the caveat, don't come up to me. All the servers don't come up. Like just 
let me dine and don't come over. No special treatment. I want to watch the show. I want to be a spectator of the show. You can learn a lot. It's really good. Sometimes I wonder, do you think, are we slowing down just because we were one of the first ones open after COVID? Right. So think about it. Like the city, everybody went to, everybody went to Florida. Florida was the wild, wild west. You could do whatever you wanted. And we opened up very, very quickly. You know, obviously not as, as quick as Florida, but we were open. The city was open for business pretty darn quick. So if you were in Chicago, you were in some of these other places that were shut down and you needed to get out and you wanted to go do things like you kind of were limited on your options, right? You couldn't go to Chicago. You couldn't go to New York. You went to Florida. You could go to Nashville. Mm. So is there some of that that's playing into the little bit of a slowdown is that these people are now able, and they have been for a little while now, but they can go spend their money in their backyards, whereas before they couldn't. They could come to Nashville. They could go wherever they wanted in Florida. They could do all those things. But that sometimes I wonder if we're just naturally going to see a little bit of a slowdown over the past two years just because of the fact that you know you could come and you could go to that is actually a really interesting point because I, never thought about that. Um, I know that Chicago has released tourism data for the summer that says that this, um, the tourism in Chicago this summer exceeded 2019 tourism. And Chicago is a big summertime tourism city. So for this summer to have exceeded even 2019, you know, maybe it is a thing. Everybody's gone to Florida the past, past few years. Maybe everybody's come to Nashville the past few years. And now they're going and exploring some other cities that, you know, are let's go somewhere different. Let's try something different. Um, and I feel like too, last summer, we had a terrible summer last summer. It was one of our slowest that we've ever had. And I remember, not this past summer, but 2022 summer, um, but I do remember hearing around town, everybody being like, we're so busy, we're, it's bonkers, we're so busy, so busy, so busy. And again, we're the place that relies on that locals, people in town, neighborhood business. And this summer, we've had an incredible summer. So I think that they're, you know, from our kind of amateur little research circle here, <laughs> I think there's some merit to that. I think so too. Do you guys think that there's too many restaurants? That's the thing. There's too or way too oversaturated. Your perspective, maybe. Hey, more the merrier, right? I mean, when I moved to Nashville 10 years ago, I couldn't believe how difficult the labor market was. I mean, it was, I, I'm, my head spun for, for weeks. Because I remember, you know, working down in Naples at, at Chang's, if, you know, if we had an opening, I had three or four or five applicants that showed up for interviews and, and did all those things and showed up for training within a day, you could replace somebody. And then we went here and I mean, it was just, it was just short staffed everywhere. And I can remember thinking to myself, like another restaurant, another hotel, another, this, like, where are they going to find the people? I can't find the people right now. So, yeah, I think we've all kind of thought that at one time or another, but I, the easy answer is yes, but I don't know. I, yeah, you I, know, I have seen um, several times people post on the Nashville Hospitality Professionals Facebook group, um, people who work on bars downtown, on Broadway, whatever, saying, hey, is anybody else's tips been really low this summer? Is anybody else not making money this summer? And my first thought was that maybe it's oversaturated downtown and that's why. But it also sounds like maybe there's a tourism. Maybe uh, I'd be curious to see what the tourist data is this summer in Nashville compared to the last couple. Yeah, because every time I go downtown, I'm like, 
who are all these people? There's people everywhere. I mean, I've never seen so many people downtown. You walk down Broadway, and I'm like, how did you all get here? Don't you feel like it's been like that, though, the last five years? I do. I feel like it gets, well, now because you got fourth and broad, like, it just keeps getting longer, and they keep going higher, and, like, it's just, like, there's just people crossing the streets and X's now. They're, like, going across (laughs) in this way, and it's just, just, just lines outside of every bar, and it's just, like, how do they fit more people in? It just it feels like there's more people than I would know even know what to do with. I can't. It doesn't look like tourism is down to me. And now that's Broadway from Fifth Avenue to to First Avenue. I'm not talking about the Gulch. I'm not talking about Twelfth South. I'm not talking about any of the other typical areas that people who are tourists go to. I remember back in the day, like when I was driving Uber at night times at like eight o'clock at night, the Gulch dead. Mm-hmm. And people just gravitate towards Broadway. So, I mean, I wonder if that's a thing. I wonder how, like, the the external little areas are doing. Now, I will say this is just my own personal observation. I work out in the Gulch, and my gym is right next to the mural with the wings. Yeah. So, uh, several times a week, I'm Do you down. go to Barry's Boot Camp? I do go to Barry's Boot Camp. <laughs> nice. I am a Barry's devotee. Um, but... I do feel like the lines have seemed less massive for the wings. I feel the like wings. I'm I'm seeing less of a crowd at the wings over the last several months than what I recall seeing previously. And I used to kind of gauge business at Nikki's on the weekends based on that. I'd be like, oh, there's so many people in town. The line at the wings was really long. We'll have a busy <laughs> weekend. Uh, but Does that work? Sometimes, yeah, you know, because you can also tell, like, if there's something going on, if there's people in town. Um, but another thing I will say, perspective again, is a place that relies mostly on neighborhood business. If there's a big event in Nashville, like the the race or the NFL draft or some kind of big major thing happening in the city, people do not leave their house. We are slower and our delivery business, like, DoorDash and Uber Eats is much, much, much busier. Yeah, that that makes sense. I can remember saying like, you know, there's soccer, you know, the soccer games going on and this is going on. Like Nashville is going to be ridiculous. I'm not even going to. Well, last it. Saturday we had the UT game. Yep. UT Virginia downtown at the um, Titan Stadium. Mm-hmm. You had Vanderbilt and you had a Nashville SC game. We were, we were slow. Yeah, that's a really good example for us where we had numbers-wise a killer weekend, like busier than usual, but in terms of volume of business actually in the restaurant was slower than usual. It was mostly delivery and to-goes. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. David, tell me more about your job. What do you do? Like, what is what does your day look like? When you wake up, what's the first thing you do? Hang <laughs> Like, I'd like to record a <laughs> podcast every day. Well, I mean, I, I, I do. No, you know, for me, I've got a team of nine, and it's just kind of working through, you know, working through trying to bring on new business, helping people, you know, with helping existing business with problems that they may be having or trying to partner with those people and, you know, move the ball forward. Or, you know, it, it's it's a multitude of different things because, you know, with us, you know, we, we cater to so many different segments to – you know, the pizza restaurant to the fine dining restaurant and everything in between, you know, no day is the same. Everything changes. What people are looking for is different and changes and, and all those things. 
and with my geography for my team, I've got I've got reps all the way up to uh, Kentucky, all the way down to Tullahoma. So it's a it's a wide variety of of customers that we're we're catering to. So you know, it, no day is ever the same. It it always changes. So what's an example of a problem that a restaurant might be having that's something that you guys could come in and help with? Well, you know, it's, it's, it could be is something as easy as, Hey, we just want to see some different products or, you know, what does this look like? Or, you know, do you have something that's got a, you know, better price or I can save a couple pennies here, you know, or it's, Hey, we're really struggling. Like I, you know, we've got a newer, newer customer that's down in Murfreesboro and they are really struggling with, with their ordering, you know, they're, they're, they're ordering some of the wrong things or ordering new things. They're, they've got too many of this thing. So like we got, you know, our business solution specialist down there and he's working with, with, with them over the next two days to kind of, Hey, this is how you pull a PMX and this is how you see what you've been, what you've been selling and then correlating that with what you've been ordering to make sure that you're ordering the right things. And these are some spreadsheets that you can use so that you can go in the back and you can count and you can see what you've got on hand and you can start to kind of forecast what are you going to need how much are you going to need to get through the weekend so that you're not running to the, you know, to the grocery store or to, to one of our stores or restaurant depot or whatever those are, you know, on the fly because, oh my gosh, I can't believe I ran out of this item. So that's probably one of the biggest things is just trying to help people get a little bit more organized so that they can work on the business instead of constantly trying to play catch up and run around in circles. So you're teaching people how to be proactive versus being reactive. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the big sales pitch that most people want to give is that we're going to do all of these things ahead of time for you. We're going to figure this out. We can help you in your business. When I had your job, because I did your a, a similar job, I was a district sales manager at U.S. Foods. I think that was the big thing. We can help you do all these things and I can help you. But I was just always on the back of my heels, man. I was just always getting hit. My truck was late. You know, we're, it was based out of Knoxville, so I was here in Nashville. And, like, if there was a relay truck that got stuck in traffic, there was a wreck on 40. Yeah. My that. life was just screwed. I mean, you guys are coming from Shepherdsville, right, sure. so, which is just north, south of Louisville. But I mean, they, yeah. you're coming down. If there's a big wreck and you can't get trucks to us, yep. all of a sudden. You're, you're running. Everything about your day is fucked. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Like all of a sudden you wake, I had anxiety because I would wake (laughs) up in the morning and if I had 37 emails, I knew that day I'm just react. I'm, I'm a fireman. Yep. I'm not able to go and help my restaurant succeed. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to go in and go, let's put theoreticals together for you. Let's identify your ordering habits. I can run a PMEX of everything you've ordered. I can do your order for you. Let me help you. But I was just always putting out fires. I was putting out, why did they send skirt steak when I wanted filet? Why do they do this? Why do they? And it was just a constant, just waiting for my phone to ring. And then when my phone Let's just say I had a really nice day. I woke up in the morning and there wasn't 37 emails. There was one. All trucks right on time. Everything's looking good. Nothing short. And I'm like, wow. I was so freaking exhausted that day that, that I didn't even, I wouldn't even know what to do because I was so busy playing defense. It was like, oh shit, I could go on offense today. Then I'm like, I'm just going to go start. I'm going to go tell people I lost confidence. I'm going to go tell people a bunch of things that I could do for them. 
that tomorrow I'm going to be right back in on my yeah. heels playing defense, and I'm not going to get to follow through with all the things I said I was going to do. So fuck it. I'm not going to do it. I'll just wait and be responsive. I think for us. And that was a difficult thing oh, to yeah. be in. I think for us, though, we we got so good at finding products through the pandemic. We got so good. Like, you know, we've. I'll give it to my reps because I'll be like, hey, this item – it looks like it might not come in next week. And they're like, Oh, don't worry about it. I got 20 cases stashed at one of the stores. We're good. And I'm like, I'm just blown away because so many of them are thinking ahead and being like, I know I'm going to need those chicken wings. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get them to the store and then I'm going to let the van run it. Or, Hey, those fries have been a little wonky lately. So I'm going to go stash 10 cases at the store. And that way, if it does get out of control or it does get, you know, does go sideways, I've at least got a backup stock to keep my customer going. So it's what's really been, you know, we've really learned how to do that. And we really do, you know, not to sit here and, you know, talk about GFS and the infomercial, but we really do have that advantage to have that store in Murfreesboro and in Goodlettsville and in in Cool Springs. Because my reps are so good at saying, no, 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 I got, I've got five of those stashed at the store. Let me go grab them for them. No, I was just going to say as a customer, and I'm sure that, you know, it's happened at some point over the last seven years, but there is absolutely no frequency with which you guys are out of products for us, for our deliveries compared to some other vendors. That was a thing people, and you can hear me on the podcast, talk about it when people would say during the pandemic, man, the supply chain is terrible. We don't have this. We can't get this. We can't get this, which is a very real thing. But for some reason, I don't know if we we're very special to you guys or not, but we didn't feel it. Like I really didn't have any issues with procurement. Now we don't order anything crazy. It's all kind of steaks and, you know, potatoes type stuff, but I never had any issues getting product. It also plays to the organized restaurant tour, right? So if you're, if you're organized and you know what you're going to need and you can get that order in at 11 o'clock in the morning, as opposed to four 55, Ah, there's so now we're learning stuff, right? So I can, I can do something with that at 11 o'clock. If I know you've got two out of stocks, you've given me time. You've given me time. We always did a day in a a skip day. We would do two days in advance. Skip day is, I mean, that's where it's at, you know, to be honest with you. So like two years ago, we have, you know, we've got a, we've got a large market in Indianapolis that we, that we take care of. They're one of our larger markets that comes out of Shepherdsville. There's, I would say 85% of the routes that hit that downtown Indianapolis market are skip day routes. So those people that were, when wings went on allocation and everybody was freaking out and doing all that kind of stuff, those, those reps up in Indy were like, what are you talking about? We don't, we don't see any out of stocks. Those people that were able to do that and forecast, they saw way less out of stocks than anybody else. So I think that's a big, that's a big little Easter egg right there. And that organ, cause I used to work for, um, creation gardens back in the day and we had people order up until midnight for next day delivery and you get all these chefs that the, you'd hear them at the bar at like 11 30 hey send me some of the and, <laughs> and they would i mean it was funny because you could hear some of the phone calls of like i would get a, a, a voice recording like what did this chef try and order and that would be like this game like you're trying to figure out what somebody tried to order at a bar and it's like if you place your order at 11 45 and you need really obscure things yep. Sometimes those things don't come in, but I mean, it's, it's kind of that if you wait till the last minute and you're not organized, then sorry. Well, especially too, on the skip day for us, like think about it. If the warehouse is running behind, I I don't care how far the warehouse is running behind for a skip day customer. 
because that truck's going to get loaded. It's going to be sitting in my yard by one o'clock in the morning. We're never going to run late on a skip day route ever. Like the amount of times that we run late on it, I've never seen it. That was the thing I was going to say. Also that truck, because at Green Hills Grill, we have to have it at seven. Eight. It's like a window of like seven to seven o five. I mean, like the truck's got to be there at seven o'clock, which is stupid, right? Because you got to give a two hour window. There's so many factors. Sure. But dude, every day you could set your watch seven o'clock. That truck was being unloaded every time that delivery is there, and it's like, yeah, I don't know what they're doing, but they have it there, perfect every single day. Invoice was perfect. The orders were perfect. Like I never had to deal with, it was never a, so when I came over to Maribel and Greenhouse Grill, I was straight from U.S. Foods and I was like, here we go. And I'm not trying to talk shit about U.S. Foods. U.S. Foods has a lot of really great things. And I, I, I'm a big fan of what U.S. Absolutely. Foods does. My experience during that time was very tumultuous because, I don't know, maybe I wasn't good, but it was constantly playing defense. And as much as you want to play offense, and we tried oh, to pivot yeah. play offense, it's, most of the time I was just playing defense. I think so much of it now for me is just, you know, it's almost, you know, it's the same thing back to running a restaurant and being a GM is just putting your arms around your people and just getting in the car and being able to talk to your people and, and know that somebody might be struggling because when you're a sales rep, you're, you're, you can be on an Island, right? You, you are, you are in charge of your day. You're in charge of your time and yeah. you are in charge of your results and you can fib it for a little bit, but you can never outrun the numbers. So I think for me, it's just a conscious effort to make sure that if I didn't talk to that rep yesterday, I got to get on the phone and I got to talk to him today, no matter what's going on, no matter how many late trucks and out of stocks and mispicks and whatever it may be that I'm trying to run around and help recover. It's just because all of a sudden, you know, that, that person, you can, you can spin your wheels and you can drive around in circles all day long and get nothing done and be very frustrated. And then it can get to be to where you're just like, man, I'm on an Island. So for me, it's just, that's the biggest thing. It's just, just talk to the people and try to help them. And if they, you feel like they're struggling, just getting in the car. How do you do that? How many, when you say, how many reps do you have? Nine? I have nine. So I have two restaurants, about to be three restaurants. And I'm in a bit of a quandary because I don't know how to do it. Right? I, I told Stephen today, I go, dude, one restaurant's great. And I enjoy, I can get in one restaurant and I could, I could operate the hell out of it. Two restaurants, I'm splitting my time between two. It's a lot of time and energy. But then three, I I never have I I've never done that like I need help I don't know how I'm going to be able to operate three restaurants at one time and still maintain the level of service and level of accountability throughout three restaurants like I don't know how I'm going to do it and as you were saying that I think I had six reps under me when we were when I was at U.S. Foods and I would spend like I scheduled my time Monday was like a day on the phones and on the computer we did the conference calls and then Tuesday Wednesday Thursday I was in a car yep. riding with a rep each one of those days and I would do three reps this week and then but they all sent me reports every day on what their day was and we had sales do you guys use a CRM yeah we use a CRM so for my guys it's it's tell me the 10 most important things you're going to do this week so on Monday, Sunday night, I get a report that's got the 90 most important things that my reps are going to do that week. And very similar to you. So Monday I'm on, you know, conference calls and I'm running reports and I'm doing all those things and we're touching base. But then I'm able to look and say, okay, I'm going to be a part of this one. I'm going to be a part of that one. I'm going to be a part of that one. So I may get with three different reps in a day or four different reps in a day and kind of try to ping pong around as fast as I can. Because I think you would probably agree and I would agree and I think the reps would agree like, me getting in the car with them for a day, they're like, oh, really? Man, eight hours in the car with this guy? Like, 
<laughs> you know. Oh, dude, we, we had we had to do coachings at the end of the day. We had to like actually like I had to sit in the car with them, pull up my laptop, and go, "Okay, how do you feel like you did today when we stopped by Parthenon Grill?" Yeah, and the guy be like. Uh, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> do you feel like you exhibited the core value of, you know, making our customers succeed? And it was like, I had to do this in the car sitting with, so it was the most awkward, yeah. worst thing of, and I, and <laughs> that's like when I worked at the gap in high school and they're like every day, they're like, here's what we're going to focus on today. Christmas sweaters. And how do our guests connect to Christmas sweaters? I was like 17. Well, I can totally I'm understand that. Stoned. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Who gives a shit, man? Yeah. How about how many restaurants does each of your reps handle? It varies. I would say the av- if we put an average on it, I would say they probably got about forty accounts. But I've got wow. you know we've got newer reps that have empty laptops where we've just said all right, it's just let's go. And then you've got veteran reps that probably have you know one of my most vet reps probably has sixty five. different so you probably accounts. have three hundred and fifty in your book. You get nine. Yeah. I'm thinking that's 80, or that's 8. What is that? Is that 9? Yeah, about 325, 325. 325. Yeah, somewhere in there. So then you said the new reps, um, are they kind of cold calling places, going yeah. in, making calls, shaking yep. hands, dropping off Doing samples? all the things. Wow. Yep, yep. So, I mean, and that's that's what it is for me. And I, I really like that, okay, they, they're going to go and they're going to show – you know, Maribel's new French fries. I'm going to go be a part of that. And then so-and-so is going to go show you new pepperoni. So I'm going to jump over there after that. And I'm going to go be a part of that and trying to really kind of prioritize, you know, prioritize the time and, and, and also have the most impact where I can be. Right. So maybe it is a new rep and maybe I do spend a half a day in the car with them. Um, but there's a lot to that to just walking in about, you know, and trying the biggest thing I'm trying to teach the new reps is don't waste your guys's time. Like come in with a purpose. Like, what are we talking about today? What's the objective? Like, what are we trying to get done? And then let's schedule the next appointment and let's get out of there because they're busy. I will (laughs) never forget when we first opened, we were with a different company, not Gordon. And I know these, these four guys showed up at like three 30 on, you know, we, we open at five. So three 30 with a pack of trout. They had this like, guy in town who's the the new trout rep and they showed up with trout unannounced four different people with our rep at like three in the afternoon and tony's like i can't fucking look at trout right now (laughs) also we'd only been open for like a month it's like guys what are what are we doing here make an appointment (laughs) i think you know i think that's one of the big things is just do some homework you know, it, it, it's it's fine to walk into a restaurant and not know anything about them, but don't, you know, drop a card off, say hello, exactly, and then and then, but do some homework or like walk in the door and be like, hey, I know you're busy right now, so yep. I'm not going to ask for any of your time. I'm going to leave my card here. Yep. Hope you have a great service. Bye bye. Yep. yep. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna come by and see you next week. Or and come in. Or how about you come in for dinner? Yeah. Come have, in for dinner. And oh yeah, absolutely. That I think that goes a long way too. Yep. Yep. But I can remember. I mean. You know, it's the same thing. I think, you know, regional manager for a restaurant chain, you know, I can remember good ones and bad ones and (laughs) and the good ones were, you know, they would come in and they would, they would spend some time and they would, they would listen. Hey, what are you struggling with? What do you need help with? And you, we always had things that we had to say. You could, you could point things out on a PNL and know where they're struggling and things like that. But I can remember distinctively one bad one that I had that, 
he's like, I'm going to be in your restaurant on this day. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, you're gearing up, you're ready. He's, you know, I'm working for a corporate restaurant and this guy's coming, you know, from out of state and that day he doesn't show up. And I'm like, I got, I got stuff I got to talk to you about. I got, we got stuff that we need to talk about. And then he's like, Hey, you got really busy. I'm stuck in the other location. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. So tomorrow comes and all of a sudden my phone rings and he goes, Hey man, do you see me? And I go, no. He goes, I'm driving by you on 65 on my way home. Your numbers look great, man. Have a great day. And I was like, what do you, what do you get out of that? You know? So I was just like, all right, that's fine. Wow. So I think it's just also, you know, the act of listening, you know. My active listening is I've been on my phone for the last 20 minutes putting out a fire at the restaurant. <laughs> I'm over here just on the phone. He's like, I mean, active listening. I'm like, what did you just say? I missed that whole last part. I feel like such an asshole. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. And we are going to start with SuperSource. Did not mention SuperSource on the intro to the show that is completely my bad. Jason Ellis over at Supersource is somebody who will absolutely take care of all of your dish machine and chemical needs. And he absolutely cares about your business proactively. He will identify when something isn't right. You're using too much of a chemical. He's going to ask you why. He can do staff education as to why their quat sanitizer is what it is. How much to use? How much degreaser do you need? I've told the story a bunch of times. We were using five times as much as we were supposed to be using because the guys in the kitchen were thinking, hey, if I just use more degreaser, it'll work better. That's not the way it works. He's come in. He's educated. I've reduced all of my costs. He does not make you sign a contract. He will rent you a dish machine and sell you chemicals as you need them. No contracts. Quit any time you want. The guy's doing amazing things. Again, check the show notes and you will find a way to contact Jason Ellis. His uh, phone number will be right there. I also want to talk today about what chefs want. Man, they are doing amazing things over there. If you need somebody to compliment your broadliner, you need a really great produce company, specialty company. They have specialty meats. They have general meats. They have seafood Man, they really have everything. You need paper products. You need oils. They can deliver it to you seven days a week. They have no minimums. They'll split just about every single thing that they sell. They really are what chefs want. Their information will be in the show notes as well. I also want to talk to you today about Sharpier's Bakery. For 37 years, Aaron Mosso and team has been delivering fresh-baked bread to the back door of your restaurant and seriously, if you're still baking your own bread, congratulations. That, that, is a, that is a task that is difficult to do, and they will make your bread for you and deliver it for you. How much time would you save? How much extra would you not have to order? Guys, this is what you need to be doing. You need to contact Erin Moso. And again, her number is going to be right there in the show notes. And finally, I want to tell you about Robin's Insurance. Matthew Clemens over at Robbins Insurance is just, you know, when you have a guy, when you have a guy, when you need a guy, Matthew Clemens, the, the time that you need a guy is when something happens for insurance reasons. And if you don't know your person, if you're just calling an editor number and hitting a one or a two to talk to an operator and you have to explain your entire situation every time you need something from an insurance company, it is a real pain in the neck. 
That is why Matthew Clements is local. He works with restaurants. You have no idea when you need him, but when you do need him, you want to be able to call a number that you can get a hold of him immediately. And he works with the best restaurants in town. He knows your business. This is what you need to be doing for your insurance company. This is what I'm talking about here. In this next segment, you're going to hear me talk about partnering with your vendors. This is what I'm talking about. So give Matthew Clements a call. Again, you're going to find his number in the show notes. Go to the show notes. Look at all the sponsors. Call the people. You will not be disappointed. Let's jump back in with David Berner. I, I, you know, I'm curious. I hear you do this stuff, and it's funny because as a restaurant guy, we're coming in town, P.F. Chang's. What's the other place? What's the steakhouse? Del Frisco's. Del Frisco's. Transitioning into this job, I, I don't know if you ever get it, but when, for all my years when I was um, visiting kitchens and going in, people would always say, dude, hey, you ever got a job? Let me know. Hey, I, I'm, it was almost like this. Somebody's in jail and like, dude, if you can get me a key to get me out of here, let me know. Let me know. And like, you get that all the time. But yep. I've found most of the times that you hire somebody, they don't work out because there's a perception of what you do. And what sales reps do, oh, man, you're just glad-handing people. You're just walking in the door, saying hi, kissing babies, going to hockey games, taking people out to nice dinners, drinking nice wines. Like, that's the life. What this guy does, there's this perception. That's life. I'm here in this hot kitchen, busting my ass, making food, doing all this stuff. And, like, I want to do that. Why is it such a hard transition from that to what you guys do? And how did you do it? Yeah, it's it's funny that you bring that up because we're interviewing some people right now, and and I will ask that question. Like, you just take me through what you think a day in the life of my sales rep is. Like, what do you like? What do you think it is? And they'll be like, "Well, you know, I think you're like home by two. and I'm like, "You," eh, <laughs> eh. <laughs> <Like, laughs> but you know, for me, um, so it's funny. I tried to get on with GFS. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, down in Naples, Florida, they were opening up a store and they said, my, my buddy was a GFS rep and he kept saying, you got to come over, you got to come over. It's so much better. You know, yada, yada, yada. He said, we're going to, he's, I'll get your, I'll get your application at the top of the list. And I was like, great. And then I called him like two weeks later and I was like, Hey man, nobody's called me. And he's like, yeah, they got 320 applicants and they transferred somebody in. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, for me, it, w- it was very apparent when I, so I left Del Frisco's and went into a sales rep gig. Um, and they said, okay, you're just, here's an empty laptop. You got two accounts. I, I was, I, I had two accounts, both were buying a thousand dollars a week. And they said, we, we just need you to grow, grow. And we need you to be completely fearless and just knock on every door that you see and just have an open mind. Don't think it's a regional chain or this, that, or the other thing, just knock on the door and find out. So for me, and, and that's one of the things that we definitely live for is just that that fearlessness to just walk on a door. Cause it is, it, it's intimidating to walk in and try to get your attention or to get your attention and, you know, and all those things. And you could be very happy with where you're at, but we still, it's our job that we still have to do that. So that was, that's probably the biggest thing is just, just a fearlessness just to walk in. And I mean, really at the end of the day, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, you could say no, or you could yell at me and you could scream at me and it's okay. I'm still going to go get in my car and I'm drinking my coffee and I'm going to go to the next spot and I'm going to be okay. And I'm going to go back again. So that's, that was the biggest thing for me is just, you had to go back. 
You couldn't just hear no and then be like, okay, cool, check them off the list, see you later. No, we got to go back. Uh, yes. I completely agree with you on all that stuff. I think that, that getting the no is the hardest part because people are afraid of getting a no. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love the analogy. I would say, look, guys, MLB players, they, they strike out seven of ten times. They're an all-star. Like, if you can hit three out of every – you're about 300 – you're an all-star, yeah, but you got to step up to the plate. <laughs> yep. And so many people would come in and they'd be like, well, I know the guy is there. He doesn't, he uses this, but they don't really want it. And I'm like, you don't know until you walk in the door. And I, I've probably a dozen times in my career and maybe it's more, I don't know. I've walked in a door somewhere and the moment that a delivery went awry or they had a fight with their person and I walked in the door and I'm like, Hey, I'm with fresh point. Nice to meet you guys. I'm like, do you sell produce? Because my produce company is a shithead. And they're like, as a matter of fact, I do. I can have you a delivery later this afternoon. And then you're like, timing. You have no idea Timing's when you so you got to walk in the door. You don't know what happened that day, yep. what happened in that moment. And you'll never know. I always say good things happen when you go see your customers. Like, get out there and go do it. And that's the hardest part because people in a kitchen, the printer doesn't tell me no. Printer comes up, I make food, I get it done, I place an order. There's kind of a, there's a system for it, right? There's, there's a checklist. I can come in and I can work on a checklist. As a sales rep, there's kind of a checklist, but you have to go make your checklist. You have to identify a territory, a target, learn the restaurant, learn who the people are in the restaurant, study their menu, identify if there's an area that you might be able to help them on and then walk in and ask questions, right? Ask specific questions about their business without walking in and just vomiting everything that you know about your company. And there's a nuance to that and it's hard and you have to learn that. You have to learn to walk in and go, Hey, I noticed you have that, uh, your sanitizer bucket over there says Cisco on it. And I was curious, you also have Cisco, you have restaurant depot. I see a U.S. foods thing there. And that's a, that's a GFS. Do you have four different broadliners? Yeah. Yeah, man. We buy from four people and we, wait. do some people really, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, is that a yeah. stupid question? Oh, no, yeah. it's a whole thing. Why and, would you do that to yourself? <laughs> well, let me, t- can I, can I take this one yeah, for please. you? Please. I have this it. mission to stop spreadsheeting, right? You have a restaurant that says, uh, no, I, yeah, I use all four. Well, I pit them all against each other every day, and then I really take it to them. I, I only order the cheapest stuff from each person, right? So what works in produce, works in fish, works in everything. This is a perception, guys. This is a perception. If I buy from multiple vendors, then I will get the best price. Can I tell what happens in reality? Sure. What happens in reality is there's a fixed cost for every time you make a delivery. The most expensive thing is driving that gigantic truck the reefer truck, loading that reefer truck, driving it to your location, putting down the ramp, walking down that ramp, the time it takes, it costs like $200 every time you make it. There's an aggregate cost. It costs like $200 every time you make a delivery, right? So let's figure that this is math. This isn't a, I'm going to beat you kind of a thing. This is math. So if I have to deliver to you three times a week, it costs me $600 to do business with you. If you buy 10 cases every time you get a delivery, I got to charge you $20 a case over the cost just to break even. So I really got to charge you $25 a case because I'd like to make 50 bucks if I'm going to stop the truck. Everybody in the world should understand that. Restaurant tours, forget you. I want you to make nothing. There's no, there's no 
I don't care. I want the best price no matter what. I'll, I, I care nothing about It's not a win-win. It is a I need to win. I don't give a fuck about you kind of a situation. This is my perception. It is wrong. It is wrong because your company is a company. You, we, we, I need my broadliner. My broadliner is another manager in my building. There is somebody that I respect, that I care about, that can be a massive tool to me. That they can come in, spending time with you. Yeah. What's going on in the market? Hey, look, this is what I need. Clearly defining what my expectation of you is and then doing that. I can do that if I purchase every single thing from you. Because if I buy 100 cases every time, yep. now you got to charge me $2 a case over to get those same three deliveries. Because then or you can charge me $5 a case and triple your profits yeah, yeah. because you're getting 100 cases at a time instead of that 10 so well, I've got a hundred cases, cost you 200 bucks. Now you're making $300 every time. And I'm only paying $5 over a case. It's where if I buy 10, I got to pay 25 over a case. It's math. So every large company, when you don't hit that minimum or you're buying small amounts, everybody raises their prices because we're losing money. I got to make that $25 on this or I'm going to lose money. Nobody loses money. Yeah. We might for a day because, hey, look, there's an opportunity. I'll get in there. I'll sell them. I'll get more cases. But the idea that I'm going to buy from five different companies and they get five price sheets, they have a spreadsheet on the right and they go, all right, steaks, what is my filet mignon, whatever. And they look at all the prices from the work company, they write the cheapest price down and they have a spreadsheet of the four companies and they go down the list. I'm going to order from GFS today. I'm order from PFG tomorrow, US Food, Cisco. And they order from four different companies, get four different deliveries and wonder why they're not hitting food cost. And then when they, and then the best part is when your cooler goes down and you need help, <laughs> It's, it's the guy that has four different companies that goes, hey, uh, hey, my cooler went down. And you go, best of luck with that. Because I'm not going to send a give truck. give you the number to Penske so you can get one of the refrigerated trucks out there. Exactly. There's the, <laughs> here's the number to Penske. I'd love to get. But when you buy everything from your broadliner, when you trust your broadliner, when you. I, I love an MDA. I love a master distribution agreement. I don't know if I'm going to get too far into this thing. I'm not going to. I'm not well, going to the details think of about it. it, too. You're just going to get better service, right? You're, so spend, the, you're, the, you're building a relationship. You're building a relationship. The customer that buys eighty cases from me is gonna, you know, and not to say that they're not that the person that buys ten is not gonna get as good a service. But like, just think about it. How much more valuable, like, on your side, if you got a guy that walks in that fills your restaurant every single day, right? It's the same. This it's guy same. comes in with a thirty top every, every day, every single day, and, and drops fifteen fifteen hundred bucks or whatever it is. I mean, you're going to tell him, no, he did, we don't have space available for you today. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's the same, it's the same thought process. It's, you know, and we're going to, in this, nope, nobody wants to take advantage. It, that's not what we're about or anything like that. What we want to do is we've got to be profitable just like you have to be profitable, but to the end, but to what you're saying, like we want to partner, we want, we want to have all that business because, you know, it's, it's better for both of us. Yeah. You know, at it's the end a win-win at that point. Yeah. At the end of the day, if we're talking about $2 a case on chicken, what are we really talking about? A half a cent, an ounce? Yeah. It, chances are your prep cook already threw it out in the trash, whatever you just <laughs> saved. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's interesting. Well, you're going to say something, Caroline. Oh, no. I was just going to say, I think that when you look at relationships with the vendors as a partnership, as a partner in your business, as opposed to, you know, having that perspective of like, this is the enemy. They're trying to screw me. And in some cases, you know, there are going to be some companies that you just, you know, you can't have trust. to, you can't trust them. You have to work with them. Your hands are kind of tied. I'm not going to name names, but I feel like we've all got a couple that it's like, 
I just have to work with them. I kind of don't have a lot of options here. But on the other hand, you know, when you say, hey, I want to have a better relationship with you. I want you to be a partner in our business. Help me out. I'll help you out. Everybody's going to be more successful. Right. Well, that's, and here comes my infomercial part, but that's what I loved about GFS because when I first came in and you guys were working with the restaurants, I didn't know Paul. I didn't know Josh Binkley, any of these people. I didn't know any of them. And I was straight out of U.S. Foods, and they were we were not on any kind of account, but I, I didn't know anything about you. Once I had the initial meeting and I explained what I'm about, how I like to work, how I want to partner with one company. I want to do all these things. It was like, yeah, man, let's do it. And from that day forth, my relationship with GFS was amazing because they did all the things. It was almost like it wasn't a lip service kind of a deal. It was genuinely, no, man, we were, this is what we want to do. And you, it was proactive. It was not reactive. I would get phone calls would say, Hey man, I've got this. Hey, Burner wants to come in and talk to you about a loyalty program or whatever. The coolest thing, David came in one day and he uh, he came in and he's like, "Hey guys, I was just looking at a bunch of stuff and I noticed you guys don't have a loyalty program." And I was like, "Here we go." Like, what loyalty? <laughs> I a, and I don't have a loyalty program that I can sell you either. By so the way. <laughs> he didn't. He goes, "I we don't like represent a loyalty program, but these are a bunch of loyalty programs that are out there that I thought were really valuable. I think this is something that, you know, would drive ROI. If you looked at this, this, and this, and he came to me, there was nothing they were selling. It was just an idea that he had laying in bed thinking about our restaurant and ways to, we could help. And he's like, you don't have a loyalty program. So I did a bunch of research. If you were interested in that, let me show you this. And I was like, that's so, it wasn't like something they went to a big all employee meeting and they said, I need you to go out and push loyalty programs. It was a, we don't represent one, but these are the top five. And I've never seen that before. I've never seen somebody just come in who was thinking about my business, who wasn't me, yeah. who was just thinking about my business and thought of an idea and just wanted to share it with me that didn't necessarily benefit him in a financial way. And, that, and I thought that was really cool. That's the fun stuff for us, right? I mean, that's, that's when you talk about the partnerships and you get to the, that's when the fun stuff gets to, gets to go for us. Right. And that's yeah. when we get to go to Asheville or like we took some customers to new Orleans, you know, and that's, that's, that's where we get to have fun. So that's what makes that, you know, that sales rep job look sexy that you're, Oh, you're going out to dinner with them or you're, you know, you're, you're doing all this. Well, trends tours, trends tours and, and this, that, and the other thing, like that's where, that's where we get to have fun too. So that's where we really want that partnership because man, I I want to go to Savannah and go eat food for two days. Like, like that's work. Okay. <laughs> that's also building the partnership. Yeah. Taking place, people, places that, Hey, I can learn what other cities are doing. Cause we're all stuck here in Nashville. Yep. We're all stuck here in the four walls of our building, busting our asses every single day. And I don't, I got to go eat at NOCO last week and it was amazing. But like, it's once a month that I really get a chance to like go out somewhere and have like a date night and go eat and do our thing. I just don't get to do it that often. I got kids. I got three restaurants. I got all this stuff. And it's like, eh, I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's nice to be able to take time and do stuff like that. Yeah. And, and it's obviously. great. It's great to be able to take people places and just, you know, get them out of their building, allow them to really focus in on what's going on. And it doesn't just have to be food. Like we've got customers we're going to take to the NRA show next summer and they're going to be able to look at all the technology that they're looking to implement and what's coming up and what's new on that front as well to again, help with their business and what they're, what they're going to do, whether it's labor saving or projections or whatever it may be, you know, that's the other, it's, it's fun for us. At heart, I'm a restaurant guy. Every single day I sit there and I go, 
man, I miss running expo sometimes because it's just a <laughs> rush, right? And it's just fun. Isn't the grass always greener? I was just yesterday, I was like, man, I really wish I could just go wait tables somewhere for like a part-time job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, it sounds so fun. And then I do it for a week and I'd be like, get me out of here. <laughs> Three months into my job at GFS, my wife looked at me and she said, if you're thinking about picking up a nighttime bartending job, she's like, you don't want to know what's going to happen at home. And I was like, okay, okay, I got it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I got I, it. I did that. When I was, when I was at Creation Gardens in 2006 or seven, we had our house in Spring Hill and I was working like seven, just all the time crazy. And I missed working in restaurants and there was a new Applebee's that opened in Spring Hill. It was the first Applebee's ever. And the GM was a friend of mine and he was like, hey, do you want to come bartend and be my opening? Like bar, just whenever you want, just come in and just bartend. I was like, Fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> and I did it for like two months. And I worked like, you know, two nights a week. But man, it was so much fun just hanging out behind a bar, talking. It's like I get to meet a ton of people in the community. Just It was the only restaurant in Spring Hill. This is 2006, right? This is a long time ago. Man, I had so much fun. That's why I drove Uber. It's a similar... Because you know what it is? Because you, you're, it's, you're just doing a natural job you know what to do you don't have to create your brain doesn't have to make something out of nothing that's exactly what I was gonna say I think it's occurring to me right now that that desire of like man I wish I could just go wait because you can clock out well and it's not just that it's that the running a restaurant every day the actual business side of it and you know every day is different there's always some new fire to put out there's always some new challenge that I haven't that, you know, in some ways I haven't faced before and I've got to figure it out and I've got to, you know, be quick and creative and all of these things. Whereas if I'm waiting tables, I know how to do that. And I just, I know that I can do a great job and just be done as opposed to, I feel like in what we do managing restaurants, there's so many days. I don't know if you feel this way too, Brandon, where I get home at the end of the day and I'm just like, it's not like I did a bad job today, but it's just like I'm ending the day and I don't feel great about where everything is right now. You know, it's like I haven't come up with that answer yet or I haven't figured that thing out yet as opposed to if I'm waiting tables to be like, I did a great job tonight. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, waiting tables or bartender or whatever it is, you 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 look at your pocket and you go, I mean, I made 300 bucks today. Mm-hmm. I did a great job. There's there is that finite. I know I did a great job because it's it's tangible right here. But a lot of times when you're running that restaurant, you're like, oh, man. And there's just always like, more to do. There's mm-hmm. never like, a, never you never get to like close the book or like finish the chapter. You never there's get just, to clock yeah, out. Yeah, there's always more to do. And it's like yesterday I had a great day. I had like the most productive day I've had in a long time. I, I felt so great about the day. But then, you know, I wake up this morning and my to-do list is already like off the page. So, you know, I, it I, never stops. I think this is a really interesting concept. This is kind of what we were talking about yesterday, the other day with, with Nick was the perspective of like leadership and owners. I think there's a, there's a bad rap that we're just these, I don't know, but that's why I like to mow the yard. That's why I like to wash my car mm. because I get results. Everything I do, I never see results in real time. If I have an idea, if I'm executing something like it takes months to implement something to really see the thing happen and by the time that result is there, there's six other people that are now working on this. And I moved on to three other things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, look at that. It's working now. <laughs> but like, I don't get to finish the day and go, look at all the shit I did today. Like, I don't, there's the nothing end. like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's it. Like, you just, every day you're laying in bed going, oh, I didn't do these nine things. Mm-hmm. Or I wonder if this is going to work or did that work? I don't know why this didn't work. 
And then you start the next day and it's like, let's go again. Let's do yep. it again. Let's do yep. it again. And it never ends. Yep. It's like waiting tables. If you came in and you worked a shift, I could come in. I know what work I'm doing. I'm going to finish the work. I'm going to clock out and go, I just did that. Yeah. Similar to mowing the yard, in my opinion. Like, and not, there's a much higher skill set, obviously, waiting tables. But the idea of seeing results quickly is what I'm talking about. And completing something. And completing a job. Not closing, just, closing the book as opposed to just turning the page. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. And oh, you, you have to feel that. Oh, yeah. Like 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because at the end of the day, too, you know, the one thing that I like to remind, you know, people that are coming, you know, that are interviewing to, to be at GFS or wherever, you're still in the restaurant industry. Your phone is still going to ring at 7.30, 8 o'clock, 8.45, 9 o'clock. Like, Nonstop. Like, and I t- like to remind them and say, hey, do you, when was the last time you texted your rep? Did you text them at 9.30? And they're like, yeah. I said, are you okay with getting 15 of those at 9.30? <laughs> and they're like, you kind of just see the wheels turn. And I go, you're at home. Or you're, you're, but you still have to get those things done because they're relying on you now to get that product or get that thing or whatever it is that they desperately need tomorrow or the day after. My wife got real good at it. I remember we were at, it was our anniversary and we were at dinner, I think in Savannah and my phone rang and it was Chef Dave at the Brimwood Country Club. This is 8.30 at night. We're at dinner and I looked at her and she goes, and I, I answer the phone, this brand, hey, Chef Dave, you know, she looked over me. She had her notebook out. She had the inner purse. She kept the little tiny composition book. And she had her notebook out. And I was like, uh-huh. A two cases of blueberries. Uh-huh. Three <laughs> cases of tomatoes. And right there on our anniversary dinner, she's writing down his order. And I was like, all right, no problem. We'll get it in. And literally dinner ended. We got in the car. I called his order in for him because we didn't. I, think, I don't think we had online ordering back in 2006. But nevertheless, it was like that was... That was what you do. You just got to do that. It was part of our life. Yeah. Well, and it's the same thing, you know, running a restaurant, whatever, the phone never stops. So I can remember like when I was working with Chang's and Del Frisco's, my wife was like, we're going to go on a cruise. I'm like, what is your obsession with cruise? She's like, your phone doesn't work. (laughs) She's like, you're absolutely going to have like, that's why we started going out of the country. Yeah. Like your phone does not work. She's like, even if it's a little three day one, when we lived in Florida to just, she's like, you're in the middle of the ocean. She's like, it will force you to stop. She's like, and you're going to do this. And I'll be like, uh, okay. Before cell phones worked, in Me- we went to Mexico every year. We went to Europe or something. It was one of the main reasons was my phone doesn't work there. Mm-hmm. And it was like she got me 100% phones away. Somebody, you know what? Every time I came back, the world didn't end. Yeah. Everybody was, was still ama- there. It was amazing. Yep. Which is crazy because on the front end, you're telling people you have to answer your phone at 9 o'clock at night. And then it this point you're going stop answering your phone well i was so you it's almost like how do you back that off that's the biggest thing that we that we're working on with some of our reps is you you know as much as everybody needs something at nine o'clock at night there's nothing you can do right there's really nothing you can do console like, them you can you can say yeah i'll try to find it tomorrow morning or whatever it may be but there's got to be some boundaries too just just like your job and, and our job there has to be a little bit of like you know, we've, we've lost some really good reps over the years just because they didn't know how to turn that off to say, I see that they're calling or I see that they're texting and say, hey, I'll call you first thing in the morning. Because there's you've got to have that shut off time so that you don't 
So then all of a sudden you're not a puddle in the middle of the floor one day. Yeah, I'll, I'll put my phone on sleep mode pretty early in the evening, usually around seven, uh, like the do not disturb mode. So I just, and I, I do get text messages late into the night. You know, I, my manager, I woke up to text from a couple of managers and she's like, I know you're probably asleep, but you know, and then here's the message and it's fine. And I'm texted her back when I woke up at 6am and I know she's probably asleep, but yep. you know, that's just how it goes. What was the last time you had your ringer on, on your phone? Oh, mine's on vibrate constantly. It drives my wife nuts. Have, do you, is your ringer on your phone? Like, does your um, phone actually ring? Yeah, my phone rings. Um, I keep my phone on silent mode most of the time, but if I'm expecting a call or if I know I'm going to like set my phone down somewhere and walk away, like if I'm, I'm, I mostly work from home. Um, so I know if I'm going to like set down my phone and, you know, like make myself lunch or something and I want to hear it if it rings because I get sales calls um, for private events on my phone. So like if you call the okay. restaurant, we have like the VoIP or whatever it's called. And it's like press two if you're interested, if you want to talk to somebody about private events. So I'm, I always have it to answer to my you. phone. Yeah. Well, I, I just, it was just a random thing right there. And I'm trying to kind of like we're correlating the COVID and people coming back to Nashville versus phone ringing. And I'm like, I haven't had my ringer on in years. Like I haven't, it's funny because we were sitting my phone rang here a minute ago and it rings through the Bluetooth thing and this thing. But like, I haven't heard my phone ring, I don't think in years because I get it on my watch. But also, I think I have PTSD. <laughs> oh, see, I don't have an Apple watch. That's part of it. And okay, so I, I, I know if my phone rings, it starts vibrating yeah, my watch. I can see who's calling that's, me. That's I can recent. answer it. This is I recent for me. I refuse to do an Apple watch. That actually is a really firm boundary for me okay. because I'm already enough kind of like tied to my phone <clears throat> I don't need the additional like micro notification of also having it on my body all the time all right I, I, I did the Apple watch I was the same way as you mm -hmm. and the only thing that turned me was when the guy said hey you know I, I like to go for a run he's like you know you can hook that thing up to your headphones and you can run without carrying your phone with you and I was like Okay, you found the need, sold. Give it to me. I like to track everything on my walks, on my hikes, everything. And mm -hmm. I, I, this, I'm like a nerd about numbers. And I want to constantly be beating my all my numbers. And my I use them mostly for the rings. I yep. love the activity rings and my exercise. Let's same. me know how much activity I've done for the day. Like, I got to go work out. I got to go do something. It keeps me motivated versus if I'm in a studio all day, if I'm in the restaurant all day, I can move more. I move a lot in the restaurant. That's like my other personal time though, is when I am working out, I put my phone in a locker or like have it away from me. I never have my phone with me when I'm working out. That's kind of like my me time where I'm like, and I feel like it sounds so dramatic, but it really, for me to say in the middle of the day, I'm going to not look at or answer my phone for an hour. That's actually a very long time for me to be away from my phone. So it's crazy how we're all like, how did people work before? <laughs> I, remember to going office. To, I remember going to, <laughs> to, go to an office. going to lunch with my dad you know because he had like he had a, a, a company and he came back and he had like a secretary i guess that's what they called him back in the day it's front desk clerk administrative assistant what are we, what are we getting? administrative assistant I'm like there what am go. i looking for here but she did for the entire building you know there was all that it, she would and she answered the phone but when he got back she would be like mr still Here's your missed calls and this little piece of paper. You go back to his desk and look through the piece of paper at who called him and then decide who he wanted to call back. And I was like, God, how crazy is that? Yeah. That 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 
But you go to lunch and you had stress-free lunches. Like I'll call people. Wonderful. I'll call people back when I get back. I'm at lunch. You can't get me. Like, yeah, it's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Like the access is so out of control now. All right, Dave, we got to wrap this up. Yep. Um, any great books? What's your favorite book of all time? I want to know what oh, you read. What do you recommend to I read? Leadership, not. sales. What do you got? I'm a terrible reader. I'll be completely honest. Um, it's just never been anything that I've ever really gotten into. But I will tell really? you, like, if I jump into a book and I it hooks me in the first couple chapters, then then I'm then I'm in. You know, so I I went on a kick of, gosh, what was the last thing? I can't like James Patterson books and stuff like that. Like, you know, those types of things, something that's quick and my attention span probably isn't what it needs to be. Um, trying to get more into the, you know, the leadership and the sales books and things like that. So like, you know, five dysfunctions of a team. One of the probably, best books ever written. One of the last ones that I read. Um, book. Every once in a while, I will still pick up the one minute manager. Cause I feel like there's, there's some really relevant as hokey and, it's not. It's you know, a great book. It's a great book, but it, it but it, it simplifies everything. So everything. those are probably the, the last two. And actually, with a really cool at Del Frisco's, every new GM got one of those, and it was signed by the the CEO of the company. And oh that wow! Was, that was their thing. Like so, that's that's probably where I picked it up, and I've probably read it three or four times. So, have you ever read QBQ? I have not. You got to read that one. All right. Have you read that one yet? No, I, I'm like you, where I do enjoy reading, but. For me, reading is like a, a me time thing where I, I feel like so much of my life is consumed with work stuff. When I, I read a lot of magazines, I get several magazines delivered every She watches week a lot of quality month. television too. I watch a lot of television and I, I do read, but I more like I'll I read a novel, you know. What's your show? Do you have a do you have any what's your favorite television show? You watch anything right now? You binge anything? I feel like I'm I'm getting old and I'm watching all the things that I used to like over again. And I don't know if that's starting to show my age. Like what? Like The Sopranos. Oh, I thought about that today. I was like, we should watch The Sopranos like, so from like, start to finish. So like The Sopranos on the elliptical machine for a half an hour is like my my thing like right now. Yeah, that's, that's definitely an old person thing. That's, 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 not, like, that's like, not a young man's my, game right there. My wife was like, how many times are you going to watch The West Wing? And I'm like, I don't know. It's probably once a year <laughs> where I'll watch the entire... <laughs> I'll watch it and she's like, yeah, you're getting old. And I'm like... Breaking uh, Bad is one I can watch again. Oh, I've rewatched Breaking Bad within yeah. the last year. It's, yeah. it's a great rewatch. Yep. So, it, it, you know, if for... I would say that's probably the biggest thing right now. It's just re- rewatch some stuff, but it's it's football season now, so here we go. Da, 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 football. Yep. We yeah have a new fantasy football show. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a new fantasy football podcast that um, will be out Friday. All right. We have our first episode last week with Tony Galzen. Uh Caroline's husband is my co-host. Very I've nice. got two co-hosts on the shows, and they're both Galzens. I'm not leading this one. This is Tony and I's. It's it's not. We're both co-hosts. I'm not like the host co-host or she. We're just we're just doing the thing. I have no idea what we're doing. I love some good fantasy football. This isn't a thing. It's always good stuff. Yeah. There's so many different leagues and different things out there that are fun too. We have a we have a chef's league. We're doing it for the Giving Kitchen. Okay. And it's for um, charity. So we have 10 people in our league. We had 12. I just realized Brian Lee Weaver and Shane Nasby got cut out last minute. We did the draft. It just cut them off for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Those two just, the, it's, they're out. I, I don't know. We got done. I was like, why is there only 10 people in this league? Like, why aren't you guys in? Hal's like, dude, I'm, or uh, Hal Holdenbach is in it. We have Max Goldberg, Pat Martin, Hal Holdenbach, Naima Walker-Fierce, 
uh, from Germantown, but you know Naima. Uh, I know Naima. We have Alyssa Ganjeri from the Buttermilk Ranch. We have Tandy Wilson. Nice. Myself and uh, who's my last one? Brian Baxter from the Catbird Seat. All right. That's our league. That's a fun league. We're talking about it every Friday. All those matchups, all those people. Naima joins us on the show. She joined us last week. We'll see who's going to join us this week. I don't know yet. But it's me and Tony sitting in here just talking smack. That's what you fun. did, like a whole draft analysis last week. Is that what you did? We set up the league, what it was, and all kind of like, this is what we're doing. All right. And then we broke down all the teams. Tony, Tony is, <laughs> I love that guy. He's, he's doing a three-team parlay every week. Okay. And he's putting $25 on it of his own money every week to put on it. And he's calling it a chef special. <laughs> he's extremely proud of that name. I am nice. extremely proud of that name. That's he, awesome. He also created a bunch of team names, like fantasy football team names. So if you need a fantasy football team name that's based around the Titans or local, he created these team names. You created a team name, too. Well, he was asking me for suggestions. Because he needed one for Derrick Henry. And so I came up with the genius name. She thinks my tractor Cito is sexy. Very nice. Because so they call him so tractor Cito. Relevant, yeah. right? nice. She thinks my tractor Cito is sexy. Very nice. I liked um, Chef Bayardee. Oh, that's a great one, too. <laughs> I thought and that was good. One Tree Tannehill. <laughs> one Tree yeah. Tannehill. All right. We love the Byards. They are the loveliest people. Their foundation is absolutely incredible. They're they're really really great folks. Uh, I actually used his name in one of my leagues. The um, not the chef Byardee, but he came with the Harold Landry is a linebacker defensive back. I don't know what is what he does. Harold Landry was on the Titans. <laughs> Jim Tan Landry. It's a good one. A little. GTL from back in the day from uh, Jersey Shore. Yeah. Jim Tan Laundry. Jim Tan Landry. And I, so I stole that. I was like, I'm going to use that in one of my teams. I thought it was hilarious. That's fantastic. Yeah. So this is the moment I've been waiting for the Gordon Food Service final thought. Never have we had a member of Gordon Food Service come in to give the Gordon Food Service. This is the most authentic Gordon Food Service final thought we've ever had. Jeez. So you get to take us out, man. Whatever you want to say, as long as you want to say it, the mic is yours. You're speaking to the seven people listening. (laughs) (laughs) Make it count. For, you know, I think one thing that, you know, we've talked on it all day. It's just, it's all about partnership. And that's, that's really what we're here for. We, we're not naive. We, we know that we're not busy unless you guys are busy, right? So if, if my customer is not a busy customer, then I'm not a busy customer food distributor or sales rep or sales manager or any of those things. So it's for us, we really try to drive home that partnership piece and making it about, you know, what are the needs and and really getting, it's not a one, one fits all. Right. So for us, it's, you know, creating that, that distribution agreement that really fits to what your needs are and what you need to have done and what you need in your restaurant. So, I, I mean, whether it's a rebate or prebate or trends tours or, you know, technology pieces and all those things we really we really seek to understand what you need so that we can help you and best partner and run alongside you and that's that's really what it's about for us i love it david burner thank you for joining us thanks for having me thank you on nashville restaurant radio we'll uh we'll be talking soon yep all right buddy thanks 
Wow, that was a lot of fun. Thank you so much to David Berner for joining us here on Nashville Restaurant Radio. Do want to give some shout-outs, though. I do want to say that Cytex, Cytex is the other one, guys, that you definitely need to be looking at. If you're looking for a linen company, they are the company that you need to be working with, and Ross Chandler is the man. I'm telling you, new restaurant, we've got these new beautiful gold linens, and I haven't seen one linen that hasn't been like perfect. And they're not brand new linens. I mean, they're they're really nice linens at all three of our restaurants. They just do such a great job. And the quality of their product is good, but the service is really where it's at. And I'm just so honored to be working with Cytex. You will find Ross Chandler's information in the show notes. That's where I'm going to start putting all this stuff so you can see it all the time. You can see it in the show notes. And um, we're really excited. We got a big week. I'm interviewing Stormy Warren this week. He's the former uh, morning show host of uh, the Stormy Warren show on the highway, the largest country radio station in the, the world, I think. And now he is heading up the big 615 and he is doing a really cool songwriter series at the 1230 Club. Interviewing him this week at the 1230 Club, and uh, that should be a really fun one. I'm really excited to uh, bring that to you next week. We've got all kinds of fun things coming up, and um, go check out those uh, events at the beginning of the show. That's all I got. Love to see you at Chagos this week. Um, I hope that you guys are being safe out there. Love you guys. Bye-bye.